Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, find a way to just play consistent football, team football. You know, offense can be on one game and the defense not playing well. Defense can play well one game and the offense not playing well. You know, we can't have that, you know, that back and forth, you know, throughout the season. We have to be able to play complimentary football. And we did that at times and we didn't do it at times. And when we didn't do it, you know, it hurt us. So, you know, moving, going forward, you know, um, I know that's something that, you know, we harped on all year, um, you know, Hopefully that can be a huge point of emphasis next year from here. Do you, what, do you, what do you think? So Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment Therapy, Loathing. Do you think Patrick Peterson's back next year? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is he's not because if if it's a new coach, which it almost certainly should be, uh, I think Patrick Peterson probably spends the remainder of his uh, career bouncing around. So if I was to put odds on it, I would say no, he's not back. He's been fine. Like he's oh, been, yeah. I like him. he's not what he was five years ago. He's yep. he's been fine. I think it, it depends on the price. But he's going to want to play too for a team that's probably got a chance to win if he yeah. possibly can. And the and I think he he thought, I think a lot of us thought that the Vikings had that chance. Um, I can't see him being part of of a, a retool if that's the right word for it. Can you guys? I think the Vikings got exactly what they wanted out of him. Like I, the Vikings knew that he wasn't the same perennial Pro Bowl, all-pro all cornerback he used to be. I I think, Eileen, he is back, but it's definitely not an ink by any means. Like, he, if he might want to chase a ring and go to a team that's contending, I can see that. But I, I think they'll try to bring him back, but you wouldn't break the bank for him. You're not going to pay him $11 million, I believe, is what they paid him this year. So you're, you're going to have to say at best, like, hey, man, here's a one-year $5 million deal. Come back if you'd like to. Yeah, I think he's going to go, he's going to line up, okay, who are the best teams that, have openings that are interested in me and can they pay me even a few million dollars? So I think he's gone, but also listen to his podcast because it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Let's do some statements here, boys. Statement Monday after uh, the Vikings made some kind of a statement on national TV last night. Yep. Joe, why don't you lead us off here? What's statement number one? Hey, Dex, can, can we play the uh, Zim clip about Mond? Because I'd like to start off with Mond. Yeah, just give me, uh, as I load it in here, just give okay. me Okay, because this is a, this, so uh, post-game press conference last night, Mond, the poor kid, played a series, a series, and now it seems logical that the coaching staff might might want to look at potentially a quarterback of the future, and so Mike was asked about that for next week's regular season finale. Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? 
I see him every day. Here's my statement, Mike. It's Mond time. It's Mond time, and here's what I want. Kirk Cousins very well might be cleared out of the COVID protocols in the coming days and could start that game, which, of course, is right now has become a meaningless exhibition game between two terrible teams in the Bears and Vikings. But here's what I want. I want Mond to get all the practice reps this week in practice to prepare fully and to get the start. And it's very clear that the head coach does not share my view. And I say, who cares? I think it should come down from the very top. Kellen Mond is going to play Mike. This is our team. You've lost this team. Um, I don't think there's any. There's nothing Mike needs to see, so I don't care about Mike. I want Kellen Mond. I want just to see him play. Like if I, I don't see, okay, he struggles. He's awful. Who cares? Unless you think you're going to get him hurt, I highly doubt that. Kellen Mond, it's time to play him. And Mike's defiance last night pushes me farther towards saying it's Mond time. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love the idea of just like uncomfortably coming in as an ownership group, or I don't even know who would make that call because Spielman's on the hot seat too. Like the, the Welsh, so it would almost have to be an ownership. Yeah, call the Welsh should says, say we. You're playing Kellen Mond. And they traditionally don't meddle like that, so I don't. I don't think that's going to happen now. Mond looked completely in over his head on those three plays, from his deer in the headlights look on his face uh-huh. to almost throwing a pick six. Right. Um, it was really bad. I don't know how much. If we did a pie chart of why did Kellen Mond look like that, I don't know how much of it's on him for just not picking it up throughout the season. How much of it's on the coaching staff for not preparing him? How but much he had of it's just on the draft pick in, in his defense. No, I, he hadn't well, prepped. he hadn't he hadn't taken snaps with the team and that yeah and getting the timing down and stuff. Yeah. But like he should be. I think some of the criticisms that I'm sort of hearing whispers about are that he's not picking up the playbook like maybe he should. Some of that stuff's probably on him. I think if he starts against the Bears, it's going to be a disaster even on a full week of practice. And then we can do a post mortem on like whose fault is that? Yeah, but I want to see it. <laughs> Show it to me. Let's see you, it. It's the final piece of you this year's puzzle. I want to see it. Yes, I want to see an eleven for thirty-eight performance from Kellen Mond. We saw Josh Five Freeman. We saw if if you have seen Josh Freeman start the game against the Giants in Jersey, can it really be worse? Well, I, mean, I saw the Tavares Jackson start in Green Bay. It was one of the worst starts I've seen. Spurgeon Win played. Okay, Kellen Mond. <laughs> free Kellen. Hashtag Free Kellen. Free the mind. All right. Statement uh, number one from me. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins are frauds who almost exclusively only win games against losing teams. Now, I get last night, Kirk didn't start. And so that loss doesn't go on his win-loss record. But I did some number crunching this morning. Also, thanks to our friend MN Researcher on Twitter for initially doing this first round of research before the season. But... So the Vikings are on track to finish 2-7-ish and seven ish against teams that finish the year with a winning record. Like, we know the Cardinals, you can put the... There's a couple teams like the Ravens and the Steelers, they play each other that are... I think they're both 8-8, eight and eight, but the Vikings are tracking to be 2-7 and seven this season against winning teams. Mike Zimmer in his career against winning teams is now 19-46. and 46. Wow. That's a 29% win percentage. It's far worse than the worst. Co- like the best coaches are above 500 against winning teams, like the Andy Reeds, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, etc. 
But like that record is worse than Bill O'Brien since Mike Zimmer got hired, worse than Jason Garrett. Other guys that have gotten fired, it's kind of close to Jake Rudin's record against teams that finish above 500, so that's bad. Kirk Cousins is even worse in his career, and I get that last night's game doesn't go on his resume, but Kirk Cousins versus winning teams is now 9-41 and 41 in his career. 18% wow. is the math there. 9-41. and 41. That's remarkable. Uh, that's among the worst in the NFL over the last 20 years. It's worse than it's Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky, Drew Locke, Don't Marcus Mariota. It's not Kirk's fault. A lot of people it's say that. It's not your fault, Kirk. It's not your fault. Non-facetious. It's not your fault, Kirk. Yeah, but what if you, but, but, right, but like, what if you gave... I saw Declan praising Joey Burrow. Why don't you give Joey Burrow the coaching staff, weapons, <laughs> offensive line, defense, stadium, facilities, shower, and the food, st- and nutrition? That, yeah. that, the ba- that, 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 Cincinnati. The Bengals <laughs> practice underneath the freeway. They literally <laughs> practice underneath, underneath a freeway. Um, uh, for context, Andy Dalton has twice as many, uh, in terms of um, a winning percentage against winning teams, Andy Dalton is twice as good in those games as Kirk Cousins is. So, again, Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins together do not beat winning teams. It's bad. Woof. I don't know how much more you guys need to see. But. Yeah. All right, my first statement is no your attachment style. You guys familiar with the three stages of attachments in relationships? You guys familiar with these three stages? This sounds right up my alley. Like this mm-hmm. should be like part of a bachelorette episode. Uh, I've familiar. actually I learned this in therapy, but it applies to oh. the Vikings too. So there's, th- there's oh is it is it is it like codependency? Kind of. Is that what you're kind okay. of? So the, the the three stages are secure, anxious, and avoidant. Those are the three okay. three stages of attachments in relationships. So like marriage. Yeah, it's very very similar to marriage and similar to you can apply this in your romantic life, your personal life, work life, however you want to do it. I'm going to apply it to the Vikings here and, and use a couple caveats nice. as who's and where, okay? Love it. So, the Vikings ownership are in the avoidant attachment stage, which goes into two categories, dismissive and fearful. Dismissive of probably achieving their big goal, uh, achieve uh, of, of wanting to be a better football team and fearful of bottoming out, right? Fearful of being the Jets, fearful of being the Browns from this decade. They're fearful of what that could possibly cost for their bottom line, for the perception. It's an avoidant kind of attachment style. So they don't want to be lonely. Right. And, they and fear if, being, do they fear being alone? They, I think it's more of, also, what avoidance tend to do is they'll they'll kind of creep along, and then once there is a caveat or something happening, they they remove themselves from the situation. They they don't yeah. want they don't they don't want to then secure and attach themselves to that person or to that next element mm. of of their lives. Okay, that's avoidant. That's an avoidant attachment style. Vikings fans are in the anxious stage. They're in the anxious. They're incredibly worried about their perception to the public. That's an anxious kind of person in a relationship. They take everything personally, everything personally. <laughs> the and, Crusaders, yes. yeah, it, it is. And and even all of them, how how we've how we've uh, seen them, it, it's terrifying when you really put it put it like that because they they have hopes to the potential without seeing the forest through the trees. So they have a fear of being alone. So when you hitch your wagon to someone, it's safe and it's comfortable. Like the Vikings have, a, Vikings fans have this three-headed dragon that they try to defend. And either Zimmer, Spielman, or Cousins. It's mostly Cousins. And anxious partners will play games with one another to get the other person's attention, and it mm. works. That's an anxious attachment style. 
that 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 is one foot in, one foot out, and also using leverage to try to get someone to get something out of them. That's an anxious. Sounds attachment. very toxic. Sounds extremely like a toxic, toxic. Well, that's Kurt. Toxic I have that's found perfect. myself in numerous anxious attachment yeah. styles relationships. Okay, <laughs> numerous anxious attachment styles. But what you need is a secure relationship, right? That's Belichick and Mac Jones, Stafford McVay, Brady Arian, Sean Payton and Drew Brees from back in the day, right? There's trust. There's not fear. There's no anxiousness. There's no avoidance. John Harbaugh, yes. Yeah, like it's, it's, accept, it's accepting, too, that when an issue arises, you discuss it, you handle it, and you become better for it on both sides. There's no accusing. There's no game. There's no avoidance. It's a community effort. That's what Vikings fans and the team, the organization is missing. They don't have a secure relationship with one another. You have ownership who are avoidant and fans who are anxious. Love it. So uh, if given a choice, would you put the Wilfs, Zimmer, Spielman, and Cousins through a therapy session, or would you just fire everyone and start over? <laughs> oh, I, I think I'd fire them all. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's salvageable. <laughs> I don't think that they're no. – the problem is – Therapy it, can't save it's the dysfunctional. relationship. It's dysfunctional and it's poisonous. Got <laughs> to clean out the room, gentlemen. I guess if like, I'm the Wilfs, I'd be the ones that go to therapy, but everyone else can go away. But, like, I mean, yeah, your, you your, your points are great, though, because like the Wilfs, the Wilfs would need to understand fully where they're coming from before they address the rest of it. Yeah, you got to clean up your own house. Yeah, you got yeah. to get yourself in order before you got to love yourself before you can love someone else. Bingo. Do the do the wilfs love themselves? Mm. That's the question here. That's live, awesome. laugh, love. Good job, Dex. Mm-hmm. Mm. Live, laugh, love. What is the? Welcome to our house, the TCO Performance <laughs> yeah. Center, where we're going to hang a sign that says "Live, laugh, love" outside. Trade cut. <laughs> yeah, trade cut. Trade cut. Accept one of the two. Oh. All right, back to Judd here. Okay, uh, speaking to the Kirk stands here, as Phil so adeptly calls them, the, the Cousins Crusaders, my statement is this. Mannion's play has and had nothing to do with Kirk. So we all saw the tweets last night started to pour in from the Cousins Crusaders about, well, now you see what you get see? when Kirk doesn't play. Ah, do you like this now? As if Mannion is the only replacement. Right. For, this is life without Kirk. <laughs> see what you get? And so- You get Sean Mannion 100 times out of 100. And somebody, sh- and somebody shot back with, how stupid do you think we are? We're not picking Sean Mannion to replace Kirk Cousins, you morons. This isn't a <laughs> About like, well, oh my God, you're going to have to bring back Mannion next year, and he's your starter. Um, that that type of attitude is so it, it's so much the whole Cousins Brigade thing of people that are just there to defend him. And I don't even know if some of the people defending him care about sports. I don't even know if some of those people care about football. I think some just care about what Kirk and their mind stands for. And the reality is, no. If you were to find a good quarterback in the draft and, let's say, had him under team control for basically five years at a cut-rate price and could build around him, that's the entire point. So nothing you saw last night was, well, this is what the Vikings will look like without Kirk. So just stop with it. Just please stop. Yeah, there's the, like, using... This is, you know, this is using Mannion as a barometer for, you know, boosting Kirk up. It's like Mannion is one of the three to five worst. I think he's the worst backup quarterback in the league. 
but he's one of the three to five objectively worst backup quarterbacks in the NFL. He is not the bar by which you measure how good your starting quarterback is. Send me to the bar. It's yeah, it's a huge indictment on the organization that they have that wide of a gap. I mean, Vegas literally adjusted that point spread yeah. seven points. You almost never if if Tom Brady goes out, they might not adjust the Bucks line seven points. It's it's bonkers how much that line moved because the gap between Cousins and Mannion is so wide, and it's more of an indictment on Mannion than it is like some credit to Kirk Cousins. But whenever we sit here and talk about Okay, yes, Cousins on his best day is like the 8th best quarterback in the league, probably settles in around the 12th best quarterback on his worst day or against pressure or late in games. He's definitely outside the top 20. Mm -hmm. So all things considered, he's definitely top 15-ish, probably between 10 and 15. And people think about that as if it's like some sort of banner to be hung or like why would you want to get rid of that? There's only 32 teams in the league. Having the 12th best quarterback doesn't guarantee you anything, especially when he makes the third most money to the salary cap. So, like, this idea that, like, well, who are you going to find to replace him? He's already one of the – he's a fringe top ten guy. Who are you going to find? Every single year, guys get drafted, become viable starting quarterbacks. Guys get traded for. You find a way. There's Gardner Minshew's out there that can do the job for $35 million less and help you build the rest of your roster. Oh. Like, it's man I'm so bust, sick of so. this. Like, mm-hmm. what are you? What are you supposed yeah. to do? How are you supposed to find no. someone else? I don't know. How did every other team in the NFL find quarterbacks that at times have been much better? Man, you're a bust. You know? How did the Chiefs find? Pat no Mahomes? other choices. No. Nope. How did the Bills find Josh Allen? Don't know what you're talking about. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> don't know. What how you're did the about. Eagles find Jalen Hurts? You got Sean Mannion. Six hundred thousand dollars. He you he is your nope. starter next season. If you don't have Kirk, nothing you can do about it. Sorry, there's no other option. Ridiculous. Um. All right, got so many different potential statements. I'll go with this one. Mike Zimmer showed how much he has devolved, devolved as a leader when he threw Kellen uh, Mond under the bus. We heard that clip after the game. I mean, that was that was a man who took off his fake leader mask and was just himself as true as he can be. Scooby-Doo? Pretty much, yes. We'll find out who the real Mike is now. It's Mike Zimmer. It's Coach Zimmer. Yep. I mean, he had a chance to go up there and take the high road, and when asked about Kellen Mond, he could have said any number of things. He could have said, you know, we'll make a decision this week. We're going to sort through our quarterback situation and make a decision this week. And instead, he took a low-blow cheap shot at a third-round pick rookie quarterback that was thrown into the fire, and thrown into the fire in part because Mike Zimmer and his coaching staff has failed to prepare him. <laughs> and so like the, just like the petulance and the pettiness of that shot at Kellen Mond and indirectly at Rick Spielman showed me everything I need to know. Like This dude is a fake leader. He's a defensive coordinator masquerading around as a, as a leader of a 53-man roster. And the Vikings need an actual leader and someone that can connect with humans and somebody that can put some actual uh, currency into his relationships with quarterbacks. So Mike Zimmer showed how much he has devolved as a leader last night. And by the way, in the classic episode of What Does It All Mean? So uh, I I did go to Kellen Mond's liked tweet section this morning. Nice. And a Bleacher Report person like quote tweeted that Zimmer quote. So this is the most savage thing I've ever heard an NFL head coach say about a player. And Kellen Mond liked the tweet. So okay. Kellen, Kellen Mond, yeah, I mean, Good obviously he's aware. Like, I, like we always yeah. say, like he's look, does he even know about this? But he's aware. He's absolutely aware. Good for him. Yeah. 
Good for him. He didn't deserve that. No, not at all. Not at no, all. Such a, such a weird cheap shot, man. And, it, and it, you know, Alex Boone played for Mike Zimmer for a year, and he has alluded to some things on our show, too, just about how it's the way that Mike treats people, that he's just not – he's very cold. He's very frontal and not in a productive way. He's just like – it's like he doesn't have a filter that he, I'm mad and crabby, and therefore I'm going to take a dig at someone, either at a podium or behind the scenes. And he doesn't have that filter the leader should have where, listen, your job in front of that camera and that microphone is to speak on behalf of your team. And if you need to motivate them, sometimes you're going right. to rip. But he's just like saying things without a filter, and that's not what a head coach is supposed to do. And my problem with that is if you're really that pissed – you're clearly pissed at people that aren't mod. Mm-hmm. Go after them. Be my guest. Like, like if you're mad at Kirk, rip Kirk. I don't care. You're, you're going to you're going to be fired almost certainly, right? Like, if you think Rick is crappy, rip Rick. But I mean, don't rip Kellen Mond. He doesn't deserve that. Like, like if if you're going to be crabby old man, then do it. Go full frontal. Um, don't rip a kid who played a series and is clearly you, you know. Kellen Mond might succeed. He might be a complete bust. No clue. But he's probably the last guy who deserves that. Like, if you're mad at Cousins, Kirk was not here for us tonight. I am livid about that. I told you. I told him. Go after him. I'm cool with that. And I think I think the players would be far more at peace with that, as weird as that might seem, than, than him... Ripping Mond, who I'm willing to bet the players were like, really? That's that's your guy? Yeah. Like, that's I really think, weird. Again, it's like it's it's already the ship has already sailed here. But like, that's the type of thing that you can really lose a locker room where mm-hmm. I, it would actually wouldn't shock me if this team laid down against the Bears in week 18. I agree with you. Where like you start to be like, wait, saying you're you're going to throw Kellen Mond under the bus, dude. Like, right. You know, I, I, I could I could see it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That was the first game last night. The Vikings were definitely like outmatched, and it was ultimately Sean Mannion versus Aaron Rodgers in five degree temperatures at Lambeau Field. So, like the game was what it was. But that was the first game where it really felt like the the team had checked out and they were completely disinterested yep. from the opening snap. First time all year, maybe first time since the uh, the mutiny situation five years ago, where they sort of did the same thing but in a in a different way. That's a perfect right, segue, because I, I, my statement is very simple. It's thank you, Mike Zimmer, but here's the door. Um, after eight years as an NFL head coach, which, by the way, is damn impressive. Eight consecutive years with one franchise is hard to do in today's NFL. Uh, but it's time for the Vikings to say goodbye to Mike Zimmer. Um, it's over. He's done a lot of great things in Minnesota. He was far from a perfect coach, but he was a good coach. A coach who turned around a defense with guys like Josh Robinson and Asher Allen ghosts lingering around as cornerbacks. And he developed some really impressive defensive pieces. He did. He went from, I mean, as a Vikings fan, every time the Vikings were on defense pre-Mike Zimmer, I knew, like, we are not going to get a stop. Like, there's no chance. I have no faith, excuse me, that they're going to get, like, a big-time stop here. When Zimmer's defense was at its peak between 2015-2018, you had a pretty good confidence. They're going to get a key stop here. They have always were good in third downs. They were good in the red zone. He changed that entire perception. Um, in my lifetime. And for my money, he is the best coach. I don't really remember Danny Green that much. And it's kind of funny because I think both Danny Green and Mike Zimmers are in the similar bin. Denny being this offensive innovator and this great 
coach who knocked down barriers for other head coaches in the NFL. And Mike Zimmer being this crusty old veteran who's been around the block for so many years as a coordinator, finally gets his chance in his late 50s to be an NFL head coach, and he turned it to be in a pretty successful tenure. Um, but ever since 2017, when the Vikings were a game away from the Super Bowl, they haven't even been to the championship game since. I mean, if you think about the last four years, the Vikings have been the top four team in the NFC once. Once. Like when you signed Kirk Cousins, it wasn't to, oh, this is an upgrade over Case and we don't know what Teddy is. Like this was to win a Super Bowl. It was one step forward and then two steps back in Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. era. There's always the one step. Oh, here we go. Here's the win streak. Here's Kirk Tober. Here's a big prime time. You like that moment. And then two steps backwards. And unfortunately, that goes under Zimmer. And and if if the Wilfs cannot realize that it's time for a new head coach, I don't know what, what else they can will have to see to make that happen. 700 days of being under 500. And when you start losing the defense, which Mike Zimmer has done this season, like the defense now two years in a row has been putrid. Injuries or not, it's been awful. So thank you, Mike Zimmer. Hell of a run, but it's time for the Vikings to move on. Yeah, and you know, we, we talked about this on Purple Daily today, but Mike Zimmer sort of foreshadowed his firing four years ago when he said at the NFL Combine, and this is a few weeks before they signed Kirk Cousins, but this was a major discussion behind the scenes. The Kirk Cousins thing was very much in play when he said this at the Combine. How it affects the salary and how it affects the rest of our football team, it's important for myself and Rick that we pick the right quarterback that's going to help us continue to move forward. If we don't do that, I'll probably be fired. The thing I told Rick was, look, we've won 40 games in four years because of defensive football. What I don't want to do is say, okay, we're going to sign a quarterback and we're going to take away from the rest of the things that have gotten us to this point, meaning like a huge chunk of money and you're taking it away from the defense, etc. Worth noting, this is not to defend Zimmer, but it's interesting. Zimmer's winning percentage against teams that finished the season with a winning record was 40% before the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins, it's 20% the last four years. Mm-hmm. And and Kirk, by the way, was equally bad, if not even worse, with Washington against winning teams. Mm-hmm. Of course, none of it's his fault because, you know, Washington has some flaws and the Vikings have some flaws. And so if there's any flaws, you can't overcome them. It's illegal in the NFL and everything is uh, not your fault. But... I think Zimmer had a vision and Zimmer had a process and he had a, a way in which he wanted to be building this thing. And it yes. peaked in 2017 Yes, and they were competitive against winning teams and he was doing it his way. And then the fork in the road hits and um, those, those two guys just never worked well together. And I think the biggest downfall for Mike in, in this entire thing uh, post cousins joining the team is this one inability um, to develop young defensive players that he did a very good job of when he first got here, right? Yeah, Because, like, think about the cornerbacks. Think about, I, I mean, the fact that, that they had, that they felt forced to bring back Griffin is an indictment on, on the lack of trust of, hey, no, no, we've developed guys. So, like, if you go back to that initial phase where he developed, where he helped definitely 1,000%, Take guys and who were good and make them great, or yeah. who were okay and made them good. Give me the amount of guys um, after 2018 that he's done that with. It, it's a probably a very small list on the defensive side, and that was his forte. 
It's weird. It's almost like he either lost his touch or lost interest or just like didn't bring him as much joy as it did. I mean, the dance, you know, maybe- the dancer thing, right? Like Cam Dantzler's just sort of spun his wheels. And that used to be the type of guy that Mike would take and, and, and hone. And now, now Dantzler has, I think he's a starting caliber cornerback. Like he's going to go from a third round pick to starting caliber cornerback. So it's not a total failure of a development, but a lot of other guys are. Or they just haven't, you know, lived up to uh, what they may have in Zimmer's first two or three years. Right. So, um, Judd, you have one more statement here before we get to our friend. We got bonus statements too. We can we can hold on. I got, got one real quick though. Go. Okay, go, to go go up to the broadcast booth last night. My statement is oh, this: <laughs> You have to be kidding me. Chris Collinsworth said a lot of things that that were uh, Pollyanna about the Vikings last night. But saying, and I quote, Garrett Bradbury is the Vikings' outstanding center might have been the most inaccurate thing I have heard on a broadcast slash telecast in the National Football League all season long. What are you talking about? He said that. He had the longest reception of the night for the Vikings offensively. He might be. He is a multifaceted, explosive player. He might be an outstanding fullback. He might be an outstanding, underdeveloped tight end. But center? But center, and then Collinsworth went into a, a whole thing accurately about the fact that guys like Kenny Clark and Akeem Hicks and Donald uh, basically kick Garrett's ass. That's accurate. But he said outstanding center. What are you talking about, dude? What's weird is that he owns a chunk of pro football focus, which literally grades interior offensive linemen yeah. on a level that like no other entity does. And they have Garrett Bradbury over the last three years as one of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL. His own company. But he also said at one... <laughs> they put those grades on the screen, too, I'm pretty sure. They do. And and Collinsworth also said that, what, Sean Mannion looked like he had complete control of the offense? <laughs> well, the handoffs, maybe. But, but, I mean, what, Chris, what are you talking about? What's happened to you? Yeah, he... he used to be really good, and now it's just definitely. all... It's all like sugar-coated crap. Yeah, it's weird. Super weird. Anyway. Yeah. He, he did the same thing with Matt Nagy, I feel like, earlier yes. this season, didn't he? Great the guy. The Monday Night Football guys were doing it with Nagy. Like, oh, just a great guy. Great leader and a great guy. It's like, eh. Now he's going to be fired. Okay. It's cool. Yeah, he'll be a coordinator, yeah, quarterbacks coach or something. So, all right, let's, let's pause here. Let's see if we can track down our friend here, Randy in Cottage Grove. I don't know what direction... That's going to go. I don't know what he's last doing week was last weird. It was hours. weird, Dan. Last week got really weird. Did he cry? No, no. Super positive. He's cried like three. Oh, super positive. positive. It was strange. After they got yes. shellacked by the Rams and, and called Washington and Philadelphia duds, uh, with Philadelphia now clinching a playoff spot a week later, he called the other. Well, Washington's a dud. Washington's a the dud. only That's thing. Good. The he did he did fess up. The only thing he hadn't been drinking for days. And so he had dried out. Well, that seems seems like a wise. Uh, so I think that brought him up. I think that it's brought good. him up. All right. Well, let's let's see if we can track him down here, Mackie and Judd. Um, yeah, I felt totally prepared. Um, you know, that's that's the job. You know, seven years. You know, my career now. You know, you spend every single day preparing like you're the starter. And uh, you know, I know sometimes it gets thrown around as a cliche, but it, I tr- I've truly taken that approach. So. Um, you know, trying to do whatever I can to, to be prepared mentally, um, physically, you know, finding extra time after practice to get extra work. So um, I absolutely felt prepared. Mm. Mm. Might want to 
Might want to find a, f- a few extra minutes on top of the extra minutes for next time. I like the flannel, uh, yeah. I like that flannel. It was. It was. Nice he's flannel. got the, I'd wear the Pacific flannel. Northwest thing going on. Yes. He's an Oregon State guy, right? Yeah. Right, big. Yeah, he's, he's California. He's a West. He's got the West big Coast. Big Nirvana sort of, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I can see So. That. All right. Well, this is Mackie and Judd here. That was Sean Mannion, Vikings QB2. Got smoked last night. And uh, I would say our uh, VF1, Vikings fan one, is Randy in Cottage Grove, at Randy Vikes 69 on Twitter. He is the most passionate Vikings fan we know. He also has correctly nailed three Vikings draft picks in the last three years with his mocking and scouting. Randy, how are you? Not good. Uh, no. it, we got a, got a taste of... Uh, it just got a taste of reality, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's the, tough when the, reality kind of the, slaps the you in the face like is, that. As I'm, as I'm led to believe, the math does not add up any longer. No, well, mathematically, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to make the playoffs now. It looks like, and that's a that's a bummer, and uh, it's oh. a bummer, and it's a it's it's a difficult circumstance for a lot of oh, people yeah. who. Really put a lot of time and effort and, and energy into, uh, you know, uh, following this team and and, and doing what, doing our part, and doing what we can to help help urge him urge him on to victory and get get some good ideas in the hopper for Rick. Are you uh, starting to cry again? Because I'm getting concerned. It's been a, a roller coaster of a year, Jeff, and. Uh, but we a lot of ups and downs and side to side at times and I I got a I got a full steam steam uh, steam injection from that uh, Pittsburgh win and then everything went went sideways and and south and down now and then so it's it's it what do you what else can I say it, you know we uh, we let Zim down yesterday he's a uh, He's a you know he's a good football man and you Chris uh, Collinsworth you might have heard he said you you go ahead and you you can go find a, a new coach but you're not going to find a better coach and then he's right he, 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 he did that? yes he did say that he, he said that yes Mike Mike is Zim if you if you're listening yeah. you're you're an all time football guy and I'm sorry for the way your guys played that you didn't deserve that and. Uh, you know, we didn't just let him down, but some someone else might have been keeping an eye on that game, and and we let him down, and that's John. Excuse me, John, John, J- John, John Madden. Oh, John Madden. Yeah, why football? What? Uh, sort of a big name. Maybe you guys don't follow football. He's a big a household name. Yeah, who uh, he, can? Yeah, he sounds familiar. He might have been looking down on that effort, and that's what he saw. You saw a bunch of guys go out on the field for a, a Super Bowl winner, Zim, who's got rings from the what? Cowboys anyway. Oh, and and I don't and know, man. Does he load their they load their pants? <laughs> Did you want to fire they, Zim they, like they a month ago, home. Randy? Excuse me, Jeff. Didn't you want to fire <laughs> Zim a month ago? I swear to God, you were trying to fire him. I, so I I've been all over the place of this team all season, and the whole it, I can't make sense of any of it. I don't even know who we who we want. Who, who what are you going to get me excited about a new coach? What's someone going to bring in a little razzle dazzle? Uh, well, great. 
you know, the Packers coach is he's handsome, he's young, mm-hmm. he's uh, uh, ladies love him, you know, from what I understand, and 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 now Rogers is probably gonna stay there another five years, so it, it's not looking good as we headed to the the off season, and and you know, I, sure, fire him, fire him all, okay, or keep him all. What difference is it really going to make at, at this point? We're stuck with it. We've been we've been to Super Bowls, you know. We've been to four of them. It's been a while. By the way, uh, you were right. Mike Zimmer, I believe, did win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It was like his first year as an assistant and nickel Dallas. He was, yeah. uh, the, he was the nickel defense yeah. coach under Barry Switzer. I'm sorry, I was wrong. He's got a ring, so you know. I th- there's a time for all this. There's a time for mocking. You know, there's a time for for hot uh, doing the hot coach, the hot coach stove, or whatever you want to call it. But right now, I'm just I got a gross, nasty taste in my oh. mouth, a nasty, gross taste from a a team that just took a whole season long dump, and 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 it, everyone's been on the throne doing their business, and it stinks. And I go ahead and just. Go ahead and do do the stable, and we're we're just going to empty it out. (laughs) All right, let's we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna empty it out. Be careful how we empty it out. Got a day. We're gonna pinch one out here. Uh, This is the week seventeen dud stable in honor of a legendary football man. Come on, football, John Madden. This is Randy in Cottage Grove. John, uh, this is Randy. If you're listening, we love you. You're one of the good minds, great minds in the history of the game. You did so much for the game. I'm sorry that we let you down in the field. This is a dud stable, unfortunately. And this is going to be the last game of the year against the Packers. Number one, first off, Dud didn't get vaccinated. And I got all all of them, so I'm fine. You would have been fine. He would have played. We might have won the game, but. Instead, he just chose to st- stick it out on his own, and he's a dud. And that's Kirk Cousins. Go away, trade his ass. He's a dud. Hey, did uh, you get did you get all the boosters too from all three brands? You can get you just go into any pharmacy; they'll they'll give it to you. Okay. Uh, number two, dud uh, decided to pack it up a little early this year. Apparently, he didn't think he would have been helpful, beneficial. He's had a few moments in Lambeau Field, not, apparently not last night. Too busy scooting around on his knee with his kids on the scooter. Adam, Adam Thielen, you're a dud. What? What? Uh, what? He had surgery. I mean, uh, number no. Nah, here's another dud who packed it in early again. We paid him a lot of money, paid him a lot of scratch, and uh, he decided he, he was bigger than the team. As Daniel Hunter, Daniel. Yeah, uh, I don't think we're going to bring you back. You can go hunt, go hunting for quarterback some some other place because you're not worth the scratch. You're dud. It got hurt, Randy. Now, to, excuse me. Uh, he got hurt. You're picking on people that got hurt. They didn't nut up. Now, to, now, to, now for the guys on the field. These are the guys who really oh. just just put a put a little salt in the wound for all of us who care. Yeah, Delvin Cook. I saw you on the sideline late in that game. You yucking it up, and laughing, having a good having a good laugh. Or what? Because you because you're rich. You know, because you're gonna go to the Pro Bowl 
get a free steak or some place to go. Tell them some of us got 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 bigger fish to fry, like a Super Bowl. And we want one. And you're over there laughing as the season goes down the drain. Delvin Cook, you're a dud. Justin Jefferson. Oh, why don't you just just be a be a big bigger man than 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 uh, than Sean Manning Manning and Manningham and turn around and catch a pass? You're falling at your feet, Justin Jefferson. Last night you were dud. I thought he was, I thought he was that fine. Sean, Sean Manningham, you've been preparing for that game for, for a long time. That could have been your signature moment. A chance to put, put your stand. Hello? Randy? Hello? Sean Manningham, you're a duck. Oh, he's back. He's back. I think he's back. <laughs> Randy, do you need a minute, man? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? You got Kleenex? We got a podcast. We're okay. <sighs> And 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 now we're going to turn our focus our, our focus our attention to the uh, to the defense. Oh my God, Everson Griffin, Everson, we need oh. you there in that backfield. Randy, oh he's gone. Backfield, <laughs> oh I guess Did, yeah. He's gone, right? Yeah, he's, he's gone. So. He's gone. Just fill- he didn't even get to his super and super duper duds, though. Should we try to? Get- maybe we should just let. Maybe we should just let it be. To update you, Phil. So he was he was off the bottle last weekend because the the jock itch had returned. Wait, wait a minute. Do we got him? Wait a minute. Is he back, Randy? Randy, are, are you, you okay? Back? And on the special teams, they don't get a free pass oh, either. Oh, boy. oh, he just kept going. Uh, it, Greg, Greg Joseph, you cost us two games, maybe three. And and if it, if it wasn't for your your you know bozo uh, shanks, we might not have needed to win that game. Maybe we're the ones resting guys next week against the Bears. Greg Joseph, you're a dud. And now for the taking up the ladder, uh, uh, Zim. You, you got your gin blossoms popping when it's Jeez. so cold. I I know the feeling. We play fall fall league, and some of those crisp nights, your face can look a little red. I'm not going to make fun of it, but maybe you need to go go put put down the playbook and pick up the bottle. Oh my! God. And just drown drown your sorrows for a couple of days with your swimsuit gal, because you're 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 going to be gone, and that's probably okay because you're done. <laughs> And and Rick, why don't you go acquire some draft picks in a in a, in a community college? Because that's probably where you belong next. <laughs> and Ziggy, and Mark, and the whole Wilps. Take a look at the mirror. When you guys came here, you got Jared Allen. You made a splash. You 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 got us all snug in a hurry. And since then, you you don't even you haven't done a thing. You haven't done a thing. So make a big splash. Get. Get some, shake up the deck, shuffle the deck, and figure out a way to get us a Super Bowl because we don't, we deserve it. Carl Eller, Ellen Page, we deserve it. Hmm. Randy. 
Jock itch might be back. Yeah. The jock itch problem is real, by the way. Oh, man. I mean, he, there's still another week, too, by the way. So, I don't know. He declared that today was his last one, and we didn't really want to push him. So, is he not planning to do one after next week? I, no. Uh, I'd have to go check his contract with us. <laughs> the Dud Stable was, I mean, it's not complete. Right. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad we got glad we got the special teams duds in there, too. So that's, I wonder what uh, we that's missed. That's the most passionate Vikings fan we know, man. That's Randy Vike 69 on Twitter. I'm curious what, what we missed. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm good. Like there was a section there that I'd like to get my hands on to find out. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yep. That's maybe a, we can go, maybe, yeah, maybe there's fan. Some, some archives there in the back cabinet of our uh, audio files. But uh, all right. Well, that there it was right there. That's. <laughs> Pure, unfiltered emotion from Randy. Do you guys, uh, you guys have some bonus Viking statements here from the weekend, or, or do you have maybe some Winter Classic statements? Yeah, Dex, you got yeah, one. Yeah, I got one. I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off here. Um, I saw Declan in about nine layers of like oh my snow God. gear. Yeah, on Saturday. Well, let's say my my statement is I froze my ass off and I do it again. Um, that that's my, that's my statement. Yeah, I I was la- I had two pairs of chill boys on. Had to have the two boys tear. Two uh, two pairs of chill boys on. I had joggers. I had snow pants. I had double socks. Three sweatshirts. A brand new insulated jacket. Double gloved. Skull cap. Hat. And then also like snow goggles. I snowboard so I brought the goggles as well. On top of, I'm not done, a gator. And then also like one of those robber ski masks. And I was layered. I was actually very warm. Believe it or not, the only area that got cold were the toes. During the second intermission, I had to go up and double wrap the toe warmers on both sides of the feet. Because uh, I, I just started at the bottom thinking I'd be fine. No, no, no. You need the tops and the bottoms of that toe warmers on, on both sides of the feet. Hmm. Then I was fine. Then I was fine. So you were, so like, what was the most uncomfortable that you were at any point? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like, you know, Jack Nicholson dead and frozen <laughs> in The Shining. I would say about halfway through the. F- First period, that was probably my worst, and that was probably at like a six, six or a seven. Like it wasn't, wasn't, bo- it was definitely past the threshold of five. Like it was not average. Just because of the toes? Yeah, just because of the toes. Okay. And the issue was with the goggles, which actually did a very good job. The problem was if I put the goggles above my head and then I'd breathe, well, then the, my breath would freeze on the inside of my goggles. Wow. So by the ten- by that point, I couldn't even use the goggles anymore because I couldn't see out of them. Oh no! Um, and you also this was actually this was fine with me, believe it or not. This will shock you guys. I had to chug my beer the second time because when I bought the first beer and I waited about five minutes when I put it down, the thing froze. Yeah, the beer froze. Yeah, I, there was people cutting open the can with keys and knives to get their frozen beer and basically a <laughs> a frozen beer garita out of their dang cans. So it, so you would so when you bought the beer, it was in liquid form. How long would it be sitting out? Like yeah, ten it was, minutes, twenty minutes. It like, was like in. It was, it was in the cup holder of, of my. I was seats one and two on the aisle, so I actually had prime seats, like eleventh row, right above where the twins' dugout is on the first on what would be the first base side. Um, but if I put that drink in the cup holder, I waited like five minutes between a sip. It was it was frozen. It was already. I'll tell frozen. You, you know, I was watching on TV and it looked fantastic on TV. Yeah. Just like they did a, a. I mean, Target Field does a great job with big events and you know the, the twins. Despite the fact that they can't win a playoff game, the Twins have done a great job with other entities' big events, concerts or Winter Classic in this case, 
And uh, just the aesthetic, the lighting, yeah. everything looked great on yeah. TV. The uniforms, they did a great the sweaters. Job. It looked really cool. No, it was it was definitely super cool. It was it was a very very cool experience. Ice I fishing, fake deer, I didn't auxiliary rings. What the hell was the fake it was deer? Just all supposed the fake to, deer. You put a real yeah. deer on that field, damn it! I, that's what I wanted to see. I it, you to see know what? They did a they did a great job. <laughs> just a deer they should have put some real around. deer and like people people shooting well, just shooting them, <laughs> like you want hunting on the field. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I want the true Minnesota experience. <laughs> I thought they did a great job. All right, Judd. Um, all right. So off the same e- event, I will say this. They did a great job. It was fantastic. It was it was freezing cold, and yet, you know what? In typical Minnesota fashion, a lot of people pushed through, enjoyed it. But I've got a winter classic fix because I can fix anything. Change the setup. And by that, I mean this. I understand Blues, Wild, uh, Central Division rivalry, right? But when the ice has the potential to be that bad and the puck was like a basketball. Yep. And when it's as slow and snowy. And look, I mean, there, there's only so much that can be done. It should be a game between a team from the West and a team from the East to decrease the value of the actual event of the game itself. Points-wise, as much as possible. A division game is a four-point game. And you're playing the Blues, or, and I, I mean, this is not just a, a wild loss thing. But putting a division game in an outdoor, on an outdoor rink makes no sense. There's a lot of good teams. You could bring in um, teams with kids from here, from the East, I don't care what, but make it as 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 unvaluable of game for the teams as possible because it's not about the game. Well, there's 82 games. It's not it's about figured, the game, uh, right? But keep it out of the division. Game. But it's not about it's not about the game. It's about the event. So, like, if it is the Rangers and Wild, that's absolutely fine because it's not like well, you got to have the Blues. If it's not the Blues or it's not the Blackhawks, who cares? People are going to go enjoy it. That's awesome, and they did a great job. But when you're going to have a rink be potentially that bad, make the game as unimportant to the teams as possible because they shouldn't be penalized by going from the near-perfect conditions of an indoor National Hockey League arena to an outdoor ice where it's freezing cold and, and the ice is cracking and the puck is bouncing. Sounds like you're just bitter. Yeah, I agree. No, I'm just telling Sounds you. Like you're just... No, I, it's a logical fix. It's a logical fix mm. for any team. Why? Why does it have to be a team? I mean, maybe the more logical division. fix is uh, find a goaltender. I mean, the Wild well, yeah, have the won wild, the game in a month. The Wild's been bad. So. No question about it. No, no, that's exactly right. I've said this for a, a long time. If I was, if I was a coach or GM privately, I would mm-hmm. hate this game. I would hate this freaking game. Celebration. I don't want a celebration. I want to win. I don't want a celebration. As a fan, it's great. As a fan, there is, I okay, love it. There is room for some celebration in pomp and circumstance in sports, Judd. There is room for Right, Olympics. but I don't want it to be with. There's room for Winter No, there's Classics. no room for Olympics. The Olympics gets in the way. <laughs> Look, the Olympics is great. If you want to go be a, I don't know what, loser, the Olympics is great. I do a not loser. want you stopping your season. If you want to go loser. be a snowboard guy or gal, that's great too. Losers. But stopping your season to go to the Olympics is one of the stupidest things. Look, I'm trying to okay. win here, okay? What is your level of uh, concern that the Wild hasn't won a game since December 9th? I get that Yeah, like seven of the games have been postponed because of COVID. Th- th- uh, this will be more thoroughly discussed on 
the next episode that Declan and I do of Judd's Hockey Show, my level of concern uh, is much more about the season as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get started again. Like, are they playing? What's the status of tonight? So, so tonight's postponed. Yeah, next Monday's postponed. Yes, and, uh, there's three Canadian playing, games now. Are they playing Thursday they, at they're Boston? Playing Thursday, okay. But I mean, the fact is, they can't get started again, and, and it's not just them; it's the entire league. Yeah. But this whole thing of well, we're not going to play in Canadian buildings until the capacity goes back. Well, when's it going back? Yeah. And you're delaying games, and and like the goal, the goal of the season is to play the games. Um, I understand if fans can't go, that's a financial burden and problem, and that's a big deal. But it's hard for me to get super excited about the wild struggles when they literally don't play for 12 days. Then they play an outdoor game, which in the context of the season is great fun. But when you're not playing and not playing, and then the league's like, but full steam ahead with that outdoor game, and then you don't play for six more days. Again, if I'm a coach or GM... I hate this crap. Uh, Judd's angst about hockey things is presented by Federated Mm. Mutual Insurance Mm. Company. Federated's here. They don't take time off. When there are warning signs out and about, things that could damage or cause harm or risk to your business. Amen. That's where Federated steps in. Over 100 years of risk management, expertise, resources, tools, and people. And they've been uh, also a partner of us here on Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily for a number of years, too. So you can support us when you partner with them. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right? So I'm sensing a little, little hockey angst. I mean, a couple couple wins, maybe, uh, against Boston and then uh, Washington. can COVID thing, man. It's got me, turn ups- Judd's it's got me upset about hockey. All right. I... Uh, this is actually from like a week ago, my next statement, but I haven't, I've had, I've been out with food poisoning and travel issues, and so I haven't had a chance to, to say anything about the Minnesota Gophers football team that had a very impressive victory in the guaranteed rate bowl last Tuesday. So my statement is, PJ Fleck is to me, officially, the greatest Gophers football coach since Murray Warmath. Retired in 1971. So P.J. Fleck, and I get that that's not exactly the highest bar. <laughs> Post-1971 Gophers football. Correct. It's not exactly a 50-year run of uh, like Nick Saban at Alabama, but P.J. Fleck is now 3-0 and in bowl games. He's now 35-23 and overall with a, with a 9-win season and an 11-win season. And he's 21-22 and in conference. Which may not seem all that impressive, but Glenn Mason's regarded largely as like the best coach of that fifty year era. So while PJ Fleck is one game under five hundred, Glenn Mason was thirty two and forty eight in conference and uh, only had one season with more than eight wins. So PJ has already like equaled Glenn Mason or surpassed him in a lot of different ways. And uh, he's already equaled the number of bowl wins that Glenn Mason had, and Glenn Mason took ten years to get three bowl wins. P.J. Fleck needed, what, five? So there's some flaws. I need my guy to stop burning pointless timeouts and maybe throw the ball a little bit more and uh, do some different things with game and clock management. But I think P.J. Fleck is the best gopher football coach in 50 years. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think you probably have to be right because Holtz was here for, what, two years? And so yeah, he, he can't be it. He's um, like kind of a 500 coach, yeah. Uh, 
Goody was a bust. Wacky was a bust. Cal Mason Stahl was solid. Was, yeah. yeah, and and Cal Cal Stahl actually at that time was good, but yeah, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I, it, Jerry Kill was fine. fine. Yeah, he was fine, but he's probably not as good as PJ has been. Yeah, to to your point too. You're right. The bar is so low. Um, yeah. he's also uh he he's is a good job. sixteen and nine in conference the last three years. Because it took you, yeah, they, they kind of sputtered a little bit those first two years. I just want a Rose Bowl. So. That's all I want. Non playoff year. I just want a Rose Bowl. R O W S Bowl Row. next year, baby. Let's get it. Seriously. Row, baby. Row. Mm-hmm. Two things I want before I'm in the ground or burned up. Yeah. Cremated. I was watching Vikings uh, and Gophers. Rose Bowl. Utah versus Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Just like back and forth yep. haymakers, the sun setting over the top of the stadium. Like. Just once, I'd love to be sitting out there in my little maroon and gold sweatshirt. Yep, your you know, flecky and like look. 50th row. I don't even care what row I'm in. Yep, I just want to be in there. That's another Watch golden goal for go first down. down. The horizon. <laughs> you you surrounded by people average age 82. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I think I'd I think PJ's brought some young energy back to the program. There's definitely it, it feels like there's more younger fans taking it. And just any final statements from you guys? Uh, but you know, brother Liam and I were well behaved this weekend. We were well behaved. Uh, you'll do an accountability session oh. for for his listener listeners mm. predictions that he made on Wednesday. Brother Liam joined. Write that down, Phil. On this edition on Wednesday, none of them hit. By the way, none of them hit. So you went over three. But I will say we were well behaved even after the Winter Classic, and we had some fun at that Winter Classic. There was no deadlines missed. There was no issues. It was a very well behaved weekend. What type of deadline? Well, he had a prediction that. Oh yeah, you you wouldn't show up at something would, that, on time. You know, my 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 sister also lives here, and so so we were driving back and forth to my sister's house in South Minneapolis a lot. Uh, and he said we'd miss some type of gathering or deadline. You know, he came to see you. You don't need to go see her. Well, no, not necessarily. You know, uh, uh, we we are. I mean, he can call her. Well, Facetime her. We got. He's got. He brought up his oldest son, so he brought up Mello, who's six. And my sister has three other boys who are all oh, under nine. I didn't know he brought his kid. So there was there was rugrats involved and and babysitting to a degree sometimes. So I got you. So yeah, but we were well behaved. We were very well behaved. Mello is a cool name. Yeah, it's Carmelo. So Liam's middle name is Carmelo. Oh, that's uh, so cool. And my nephew's name is also Carmelo, but Mello for short. We call him call him Mello. I like it. That's good. that is a cool name. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's very cool. Big mm-hmm. fan. So glad you guys didn't get arrested. I think that's a <laughs> the win a for the Goff brothers. Yeah, for the Goffs. Yes, just they didn't get. Arrested. Um, if you missed Vikings Ventline, definitely check that out. It was a, a two-hour therapy session. Started during the fourth quarter. Time callers. Yeah, <laughs> we said screw this. We're not going to wait another fifteen minutes of game time to talk about this carcass. So check that out. And uh, thanks to everyone who has pushed us over thirty thousand combined subscribers between our two YouTube channels, the Scornorth YouTube channel and Purple Daily, just went over twenty thousand last night. So appreciate you guys. And uh, we're we're strapped in, man. I know the Vikings have one more game left, but like we're all forward looking here. So if if you're looking for educated speculation, reckless speculation, and thoughts on the next iteration of Vikings football, we got you covered every day at Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to two hundred dollars off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more.
All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at onepeloton.com.